So we had the mock draft last time, but there was still a couple names that were surprisingly left off that list. We'll go over some of those names today. Let's hit it. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. We're going to get right into things today because we had the Mock Draft 1.0 on the last podcast. So on this podcast, we're going to go over three names that were not called, repeat, not called in the locked on NHL mock draft. And honestly, there's one name at the top that I'm surprised did not get chosen, like really surprised. And we'll do that one first. So once again, we have three guys. Each is going to get their own segment. The first segment is going to belong to... Marco Casper, who was not selected, and honestly, I'm a little bit surprised because Marco Casper has ranked high in a lot of draft boards. In fact, I've seen him as high in a couple boards as number 8. I've seen number 9 a couple times. I've seen number 12 on Elite Prospects. So to see that one not get chosen, that one was a little bit of a shock. But there's probably a reason for that. So talking about Marco Casper, first, he is a center. He's a left-handed shooting center from Rogel BK. That is out in the Swedish league, for those of you that don't know. So the Swedish league, they have produced some very capable, talented players in the past. And Marco Casper is no different. He hasn't scored a whole lot in the SHL, which might be why his draft stock went down a little bit. When he played in the Rogel under-20 team... He was dominant. Once he got up there with the big boys, then it kind of slowed down a bit. But I'm going to say this again. These are 18-year-olds. They're young. When you put Marco Casper in a league with men, yeah, the production is going to slip and he's not going to be a first liner anymore. I get that. But he was still just terrific in the World Juniors, by the way. Um, World Juniors, I or World Championships, I thought he did a tremendous job, personally. And to see him in this year's World's Juniors, that's going to be fun to watch. What what was also fun was seeing how he did in the playoffs for Rogel this season. That's where he really kind of began to come alive. So there are some high hopes for him. I heard a, I guess, a comparison to Brendan Gallagher, which isn't bad. And he's got great speed. In fact, Marco Casper, according to Elite Prospects, was ranked with the best motor out of everyone in the draft. So he's got the best motor. Also the fourth hardest hitter. <laughs> Third best two-way forward. And fourth best power forward. Hmm. So someone with a good motor. That's a center. That hits hard. That plays good two-way hockey. That is out there on the power play. But also once in a while on the penalty kill. Does this sound familiar? Hmm. Hmm. Some Ducks fans that have been watching juniors recently have heard me say this, but there might be a slight comparison to Mason McTavish just in the kind of style that he has in that he gets into those hard checking areas. 
He's not afraid to mix it up. He's 6'1", about a buck 90 now. He's starting to bulk out a little bit. He might get up to that 6'1", 200 range once he gets more muscle on him. And I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with a player that can take a hit, that can be... Like, you can take a hit, but also deliver a couple of hard hits as well. That's a great player to have. And as the scouting report said, it's a throwback forward in that draft where he is competitive and he's as violent as he is competitive, where he will take every shift like it's his last. A lot of his shot attempts are under the dots. He likes to get in front of the ice or not in front of this. He likes to get in front of the net and he will be that good screener when he has to be. And honestly, only three goals were just outside the dots. He mostly makes his domain in that crease area or in the inner slot. That's his bread and butter. Also, like I said, screening. That's also really good. He did play in the World Championships for Team Austria this year. Yes, Team Austria. He is, in fact, an Austrian born in Innsbruck. And like I said, only 18 years old. Still has a tremendous upside to his game. And... He makes a great impact on the power play where he kind of has that role to screen like I, like a Mason McTavish. Also, slight bit like a Getsy as well, but I do like the comparison to Brendan Gallagher because Gallagher is very uber competitive and does get a lot of those dirty goals and someone else who is not afraid to mix it up. Now, does he have his limitations? Um, if he has any limitations, it would be his puck handling. That's about it. But the physicalness is way up there. In fact, one of the most physical players in this year's draft. Skating is also above average. Hockey sense, hockey IQ is also above average. And the passing is good. So it's really just the puck handling. And that's about it. But that's not his game. His game is not puck handling. His game is getting down in the slot and getting those one-timers just away or getting deflection goals which is something else he's very good at is those deflection goals he is expected to be a player that could make second line third line wouldn't be a bad pick for the ducks it would while it would add to the center depth he could top out as i said as a second line center which isn't a bad ceiling maybe you need someone else to be a third line center maybe you need just that explosiveness on there. Plus, it would be a pretty good threesome down the middle to have Zegris, McTavish, Casper. That wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't complain about that one, two, three down the middle. And they're all young. And they're, well, at least two of them are physical. McTavish is physical. Casper is physical. That's someone that I wouldn't mind seeing on the team have a little bit of an edge. Hmm. Players with an edge. I've, I've mentioned McTavish, another former Duck that kind of had an edge to them, although their games don't have a lot of similarity, is Corey Perry. <laughs> I mean, Corey Perry did take a lot of hits, and he also dished out a ton of just violent hits. And for Rogel on the main league, or on the, not the under 20, but on the main team, he did play on that third line, and he did get some regular play. So I like this kid. I, I like him a lot. He's a teenager playing in a man's game. 
and he's smart. So that wouldn't be a good option. So once again, that is Marco Casper. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And folks, the Stanley Cup final is still going on. Who is going to win it? The Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avs? Colorado is still the favorite. But if you think that Tampa Bay is going to come all the way back from 3-1, to one, then maybe put a pretty penny on the Lightning. Just head over to Bet Online right now, either on your mobile device or on your laptop, because they have more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Once again, Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez as we go over some names that were not called in the mock draft. In other words, a few more names that the Ducks could possibly target as one of their two first round picks if they're available. Now, this is a name that I think is very interesting. It's a defenseman that has shown a lot of capability and has kind of slipped a little bit in some, not all, but some guides and in some recruiting scouting reports. And he's got an interesting name, Cali Odelius. That is how you pronounce his name. It is Cali Odelius from Sweden because, hey, you know what? We love our Swedes around here. He's another 18-year-old, just turned 18 last month from Sweden. He last played in Jurgardens in Sweden. If that team sounds familiar to you, well, it should. Jurgardens has had plenty of NHLers come from that team in the SHL. This season in the under-20 for Jurgardens, he scored 30 points in 43 games. Seven games in the actual SHL did not see any action, but still a terrific skater. Here's a little bit more about Kale Odelius. He's got amazing skating ability and another physical player. Here's where he ranks on the elite prospects. Best four-way mobility. He's fifth on that list. Fifth as far as best transition defenseman. Second on the best neutral zone defender. And second on the best defensive defenseman. Hey, you know what? The Ducks could always use more defensive defensemen. You, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You mean someone that actually plays defense in front of the goalie? You mean John Gibson would actually have... Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Could he possibly fall down to number 21? It's very possible. As I mentioned, he was 15th on the elite prospects list. I've seen him as high as, well, 15th. And I've even seen him as low as, you ready for this? 45. That is quite low. So it very much varies. If he's available at 21, I I take a punt at him. Why not? A lot of lists have him, the majority of lists have him ranked in the 20s as far as draft position. A little bit more about him. Excellent skater, one of the better defensive skaters in the draft. He's not really someone that's going to light the scoreboard on fire. But he is very coachable, very mobile, six foot and a half, 185, 
could grow to about 6'1", 6'2", because he's still apparently still growing right now. So as I mentioned, six six foot and a half probably ends up being 6'1", once he gets into the NHL, AHL level. I, I would say NHL level. The comparison to Kelly Odelius is Jonas Brodin. Okay, it's not not a bad comparison there. Someone that will move the puck. Someone that will have good hockey IQ. But most importantly, someone that is physical and another, another defenseman that will take the hits. And he will not just fall down and stay down for a couple of seconds. No, he will get right back up and hit your butt down. He will do that. As far as edge work, the edge work is really good. The four-way mobility is excellent. Someone who can get to the four corners with ease. And another kind of defensive player that can just be out there as an active player on the penalty kill. Look, the Ducks could always use more guys like that. Someone who is responsible and a top-tier player on the penalty kill. You always need those kind of players. Am I saying every team should have a quote-unquote specialist? I'm not saying that. Am I saying he would help out the Ducks defensively? Absolutely. Especially if you can get him at 21. Or if he does keep falling, he could fall as far as 40. He could fall into the 30s. The Ducks could get maybe an early second round pick out of him. But that's if he falls that far. I don't see him falling that far. 21 would be a decent spot if he makes it that far. And maybe that's someone the Ducks should at least explore looking at. Exploring his, his um, I, I guess his checking. His checking is also very good. And he's also just always looking around and always scanning around to see where his teammates are and to see where his where the defense is. And that's another thing talking about his hockey IQ is looking at some video. He's a player that's always aware of where everybody's at. And when he looks to pass, he usually makes that pass that keeps the defense about a step or two behind. He does have a lot of secondary assists. That's a lot of his game. But if he can just provide a little bit of offense, that wouldn't be the worst thing. If he can keep getting those secondary apples, again, not bad. The one trouble spot that I heard, like the one trouble spot, was maybe on the shooting. That's about it. He is a little bit gun shy as far as shooting. As far as sustained pressure, he's still pretty good on defense and still learning. He had a couple of bad sequences on the uh, WJC under-18s when he played for Team Sweden. There was a little bit of issues when he played against Team USA, but that's Team USA. They're very good. When you saw him against Finland, for example, did he lose the puck a couple times? Yes. Did he rush himself? Yes. Did he have a not-so-good World Juniors under 18? Unfortunately, yes. And that's probably why you see some of his stock going down as far as the 40s. But when you put him with his team, Jurgarden, he was excellent. He had great performances, someone that will shut down opponents. And that's something that I saw a lot of on these gunner reports, is someone that can play shut down defense. And someone who also has a ton of creativity 
and can be very deceptive in their passing. So that is the brief scouting report on Kale Odelius. We're going to head into the second intermission. I have one more name on this list, and we will get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on episode number 556 of Locked On Ducks. So thank you once again for your continued support as we close out the week here on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Got one more name for you that could be a very interesting name. I'm not sure if the Ducks want to take him or if they think they can get something out of him in a couple of years. This one might be one of the more interesting picks and one of the more interesting um, projects. Can, Can we say that? Yeah, he would be a bit of a project. I'm talking about Owen Pickering out of the WHL. Owen Pickering last played, well, he last played in the under 18s, but he also last played with the Swift Current Broncos who struggled a lot this season no fault of Owen Pickering's, mind you. I mean, he was <laughs> he was around players that weren't exactly draft eligible. He was one of the best players on that team. So here's a little bit about Owen Pickering. He turned 18 on January 27th, scored 33 points in 62 games as a left-handed defenseman. Yes, I'm kind of going over defenseman again. I'm I'm kind of strained towards defensemen because the Ducks could always use more defensemen. As far as Owen Pickering is concerned, he is ranked number 16 as far as the Elite Prospects Guide. He's ranked 36th by Bob McKenzie. That's pretty low, but ranked as high as 13th by Craig Button from TSN. So there's a lo- there's a lot of fluctuation there. Sportsnet has him at 21. Hmm. He's as low as 51 by draft prospects hockey. And the reason they have him that low is because of something that I'm going to talk about for a split second. Skating. The skating is not all that good for Pickering yet, despite the fact that he is 6'5", but only a buck 79. He is a lanky defenseman. He needs to fill out quite a bit. The hope is that he can gain about 20, 30 pounds and really fill out, especially someone that's grown 10 inches in the last three seasons. He was playing as an undersized defenseman on his year 15, year 16 season. He's ballooned to 6'5", so he's quite tall. A couple things about his game. It is a very up and down game when you talk about a defenseman that has Great abilities as a puck carrier, someone that can be creative, someone that can generate offense and activate the offense along the neutral zone, and someone that, more importantly, can be a good quarterback on the power play. Also someone that has a good passing ability with good hockey sense. But as I mentioned, puck handling is okay. The skating is going to be the big thing. One report even used the word PU. (laughs) actually saying P.U. because it it was a bad showing on one of those games that he that uh, Cam Robinson attended and he gave up a lot of space multiple times in his scouting report it talks about his skating 
and he seemed to have more... Well, it, it was mixed. He had half good games, half bad games. And it was really up and down all season long, which I think is why some some scouts are nervous. They don't know what to make of Owen Pickering. When he plays good, he plays really well. When he has a bad showing, it's a bad showing. Interestingly enough, and comparing Pickering to Odelius, Pickering, as far as where he can end up, only a 35% as far as possibly being a bust and looks to be good as far as having a first-line ceiling, which is saying a lot. Odelius, this is a weird one. The bust percentage is at 88%. That Yeah, that's a little telling. When you have a bust percentage of 88%, that says a lot, even though he's ranked higher in a lot of guides over Owen Pickering. But the reason Owen Pickering's stock is going down is just because of his up and down play, as I mentioned, all season long. And especially during under 18, where he had a couple of good games and a couple other games where he was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. He had a good showing against Finland, but a not so good showing against Chechia. And then Team USA, well, mm, not a good game. Not a good game against the U.S., he did defend well. He did break up a an odd man rush, a two-on-one for USA against Canada. And Pickering was that player that was responsible on defense and prevented a pass. So for what it's worth, even though he can't skate fake all that well and the skating is still weak, the hockey IQ does try to make up for it. One aspect of his game that did see a lot of struggling is taking penalties. And not just taking penalties, taking bad penalties where he would try to swipe at the puck if he gets beat on defense. And this happened at least twice this season where he had a forward blow past him. And as he tried to retrieve the puck or as he tried to poke the puck away, he would wind up behind the player and either take a tripping penalty or some kind of penalty where he's right behind the oncoming forward trying to swipe the puck away. Those are plays that you don't need. You don't want someone that's going to take a lot of needless penalties. If they blow past you, that's it. It's over. The recovery is still a big aspect of his game that he needs to work on. The mobility is something that he needs to work on. If you can get someone that does a good job working on skating, then he could be good down the line. I did mention another player last season that also needed help with skating, and that was Sasha Pasudov who, according to scouting reports, skating could use some work. And I remember 10 months ago, no, yeah, 10 months ago, during the open practice for the rookies, no, nine months ago, <laughs> I, I know time, nine months ago, during the open practice for rookies at Great Park, I could see a couple coaches taking Pasujov by the side and doing some skating drills with him, working on that aspect of his game. If somehow he can get on a team and really focus and work on that skating, he could wind up being a very good player. But this is a total project for whoever takes him. And if the Ducks want to take him at 21, they got to work on skating big time. All right, that is a look at our three prospects for today. Once again, I went over Marco Casper, Kali Odelius, and Owen Pickering. I'll go over some more names next week, but that's when we're not talking about the Stanley Cup 
and not talking about Mason McTavish, who continues his great play at the Memorial Cup. We will talk about that next week. But for now, we're going to close out the week. Just a reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I'm on the Twitter sphere at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. And before we wrap up, okay, Yes, today was a rough day in the country. And I just want to say that you have my support. I'm here for you guys. Sometimes it's good to have hockey as a distractor in trying times. And I hear all of you. I see all of you. And I just want you to know that I'm behind you 100% as we are kind of going through it as a country right now. So just want to let you guys know that. Thank you so much. And I say this with all sincerity, please be safe out there. Be careful out there. All right. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, please, please, please be kind to one another and ducks fly together.